pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lubbock. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. On Rock 101.1 with Pete Christie, Jared Johnson, Sean Dillon, and Jeff Scott. Welcome into the show on a lovely Friday morning. There's a lot going on. I know it feels almost like it's like off-season with the baseball team being off for a week and everything, but uh, big series, obviously, this weekend against Oklahoma State. Top 10 matchup between the two. Uh, but, man, we have a loaded show. We have Keith Patrick uh, from Ritter Dugout coming in. We have uh, great audio from Joey McGuire, Texas Tech uh, head football coach from Pete's Lunch Church, which is a really good deal, really special thing that, that uh, Pete and uh, the people that, su- that support that do. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of recruiting. We're going to talk uh, basically the transfer impact uh, on the football team this upcoming season. Basketball, there's a ton going on. Not just uh, high school rankings update with 24-7 sports. One of Tech signees got a big uh, boost in the rankings. Uh, transfer recruit was in town here this week. Five-star guy, uh, look, looks like Tech is locked in on from Canada, who we talked about last week. I mean, there, this is a loaded show, so hang with us. But right now, we're going to go to our rock and reality check. Pete, what's yours, man? This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. My man Pete has to have an intro. Oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) No, no, he deserves it. And we we failed to even mention that we got the Lubbock Matadors coming in. Head coach Paul Gilbert and Dustin McCorkle. I mean, what an unbelievable crowd for the first game. So we'll get into that as well. And, uh, yeah, Joey McGuire was unbelievable. We had a packed house. We ran out of food, ran out of cups, good problems to have. So we'll talk about that. So, yeah, Red Raider baseball, you know, as as un-Texas Tech-like as they've played recently, especially in April, I mean, they're only two games back of uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, and they're at Oklahoma State this weekend in Stillwater. You take all three, and boom. I mean, you know, you're right up there. So big game starting tonight. Uh, you know, they always do well on Friday, Saturday. But uh, uh, Tech is number nine uh, in the rankings somehow, and uh, Oklahoma State is number three. So uh, big series this weekend. Uh, prognosticators have Tech right now going to uh, Coral Gables and playing in a uh, regional in Miami. Uh, being the two seed so again you can improve your stock uh, you know somehow win these three on the road i know it's going to be tough and then you got three at home against oklahoma so a lot of baseball left to be played uh man i'm just excited seeing what uh, tech football is doing with recruiting and and all the excitement there and man it's i mean you know it's going to be august here before you know it i mean i know most families are if you got kids uh, I mean, it's a crazy time for us. You got banquets, you got graduations, you got kids, you know, wrapping up mm-hmm. seasons and stuff. So, uh, you know, uh, sending prayers out to all the folks out there. Cause, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel the stress coming in on me right now, trying to juggle things with my kid, trying to get his tie ready for this weekend for the for his banquet and stuff. So, uh, the reality is, you know, with all the crap going on in the world, life goes on, and you got to put your foot. One foot, your left foot in front of you, then your right foot in front of you, and just keep going. You got to keep moving forward. 
That's words of wisdom for Pete there. That's, <laughs> seriously, that's I true. Say, you gotta well, keep, you don't need to be walking backwards, I'll tell you that. We have a motto. you got to keep showing up. Yeah. Yeah, no matter what happens, keep got showing to. up. You know, got so. to. Uh, we're here. <laughs> Sean, you're here. What's your rock and reality check? My rock and reality check is simple. Stop looking at the past, but develop the future. All go. of Texas Tech's teams have shown glory in the past, but they need to, we need to stop as fans with unhealthy expectations. Baseball, unless they win the Big 12, aren't going to be hosting a regional. 2014, they were in the Miami Regional. They won. They went to the College World Series. You got Morris and Birdsell. I got confidence in those two in those two arms. Now it's time for the bats to come alive, look past the losses of Parrish and Girton, and look to the future stars that are on this team now. People step up, and I think there are stars on the baseball team that will step up. In football, Vegas has it as 50-50 odds that the Red Raiders will win no more than five games. Wow. Five games. Now, before you start stringing Coach McGuire up or celebrating when they win more than five, look at this at the beginning. We've said that this is the golden age of Texas Tech athletics, but in my mind, the golden age, it's yet to come. And that's my rock and reality check. Nice. You know, a good point about that, the record and the uh, projected football record is, is their schedule. Their non-conference schedule is for Texas Tech standards, for Big 12 standards, is brutal. They may have the, the toughest non-conference schedule in the Big 12 next year mm-hmm. with Houston and then going to NC State, NC State, which that's a really tough place to play anyway, and then they're expected to be ranked in the preseason. So. And McGuire said at the lunch church he thinks NC State could be top five. They could be. Yeah. I he mean, said that's a huge game. He said Houston's going to be great. So, you know, you can say what you want about Murray State, but boom, you got two huge matchups right after that. So there's no playing around. And We're going to know what this team is. Yeah, and I think that, that Houston game is huge because I, well, you've won five in a row, I believe. You know, even some bad Texas Tech teams recently have roughed up right. Houston, have beaten Houston there, here, wherever. They've, you know, they've hosted it or they've played. So they need to win that, that game, in my opinion. I think if you win, if you start off 2-0, then go see what happens at NC State mm-hmm. and then get into your conference, and, you know, that's going to tell the, the, the tale of your story or of your, of your season. But you got to win that Houston game, in my mind, yeah. But you also have Texas and Oklahoma here. And, stra- yeah. and strange things do happen. Imagine if it's a night game. Strange things happen at night at the Jones. They used to. Yeah, and we needed to. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be, if you could start off 2-1 and one and then uh, split those games mm-hmm. and then handle your business and your other home games, that's going to be a good season. And I think yeah. we, you know, we've talked about before, they need to just get back to a bowl in this first season. They get back to a bowl, then it's like, okay, let's, like Pete was saying, Move forward, you know, and, and, and build. Because, look, Matt Wells was much maligned, and in many cases rightfully so. Don't get me wrong. But him and his staff, not just him, but his staff, really built a solid foundation uh, in terms of the roster. I mean, they overturned that roster. They had a lot of uh, a lot of guys that were just getting free scholarships, to be honest. You know what I mean? That weren't uh, putting in the, the, the work and the effort that it takes to – you know, be a, a Power 5 athlete and, and build a, a successful team. So it became a more serious program under Matt Wells. Uh, I think what Sonny Cumbie and the rest of the staff did after Matt Wells was let go was commendable, the way the team played for them. And now it's up to Joey McGuire with all this great recruiting, this momentum we've seen coming off that big bowl game win to build upon that, not take a step back. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, of course, uh, Red Raider baseball uh, tonight at Oklahoma State. Uh, you can come watch it at Buffalo Wild Wings. We're out here at 82nd and University today. Come on out and join us for lunch. Uh, you know, we're on the on the air, but, I mean, if you call us over, and I'll, I'll come over and talk to you. <laughs> and then for the game tonight, too, uh, you know, it's on ESPN Plus, and all the Buffalo Wild Wings locations has ESPN Plus. Yeah. So if you don't want to pay extra to, to stream that or you can't or you just don't want to or you just want to go out, uh, I have a couple of libations, some great wings. Obviously, Buffalo Wild Wings is the place. My rock and reality check, I'll be brief, is the transfer portal. People, we've talked about the last couple of weeks, and again, you know, people are kind of frustrated with it. But I just want to say it's been overwhelmingly a net positive for Texas Tech sports, especially in football. But maybe, I mean, I guess you could say basketball too. If you look at all the the great players they've added, and even just with the roster that they're building right now, the D- Davion Harmons, uh, the Fardals Amek. Uh, all those guys, uh, good players, are building another quality roster. And you go back to the Matt Mooney's, the Tariq Owens, you go on and on, uh, Mac McClung. I mean, really good players. And then in football, I mean, I, I, we don't have enough time in this segment. So <laughs> we are going to talk about uh, how the, the upcoming season is going to be affected by the transfer additions in the next segment. That's going to be the, the football recruiting uh, segment. So I'm looking forward to breaking it down with uh, Pete and Sean. We have a ton coming up on the show, which we already talked about. So come back and join us. You're listening to the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Wiley Implement and Bud Light. Inside the Red Raiders recruiting news, football. Time to talk a little football with inside the Red Raiders, Jarrett Johnson. And, and Jarrett, maybe some Red Raider fans are like, man, how, how, he, he knows all this stuff about all these guys. He pre-tells us when before they're coming to Tech. Uh, all my friends know because they're on inside the Red Raiders. How can somebody join in so they're as knowledgeable as you and all the people who follow you? Pete, thank you for that. Yeah, it's true. In the, in the staff, my, my staff does a they staff. Really yes, hard. sir. No, no, I'm just giving them some look. Yeah, you know how that is. It's, I mean, yeah, but uh, I mean, you guys do a great job, and and you tie in with all the recruits, and I mean, you, you already crystal balled a, a big one. We're going to talk later about basketball, so maybe if you're listening, uh, you can drop it to your friends, and they'll be like, "Man, you're smart." So how, how can somebody get in on your page and 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 get all this knowledge? Yeah, thanks, Pete. I appreciate that. Yeah, just go to Inside the Red Raiders. Just I mean, if you just Google search that. Uh, go to the front page. You could uh, there'll be a prompt. You could sign up for a VIP subscription. It's a dollar just to try it out. Uh, you a can dollar. First a month. dollar. Yeah, the first you can you get a month to try it out, or or maybe it's actually it's a week to try it out, and uh, you know see if you like it. So I mean, a dollar is is honestly that's how we get a lot of our subscribers. They try it out. And they're like, man, I, okay. I'm hanging, yeah. you know. So. You can't even get gas for a dollar. What a deal. And, and you're, you're in all the Red Raiders. I will say Sean said that, so I stole that from Sean. <laughs> I guess. I'll give Sean the props on that one. So, hey, uh, let's talk football. We're going to look at the transfer portal. You know, there's a lot of negatives, but, you know, Tech has found some positives through this. A lot of positives. I mean, they have a, a dozen additions just on, in football alone this offseason through the transfer portal. And a lot of these guys are going to start. Most of them are going to be in the 2 deep. The main guy I want to talk about, or the first guy I want to talk about, is linebacker Dimitri Moore, 6'3", 235-pound uh, guy out of Missouri State by way of Vanderbilt. Um, he actually was at Cedar Hill when Joey McGuire was head coach, so he's a super senior. He's been there 
for you know, he's been in college for a long time. He looks and plays like an adult, like a grown man, like we like to say. Uh, you know, what's interesting was he was a SEC like all freshman team linebacker, had 90 tackles his first year at Vanderbilt, had a good sophomore year, had some injuries, some other stuff going on. Not like that he was in trouble, just real life situations that we were talking about. You know, trying to put yeah. uh, you know one foot in front of the other. And kind of fell off a little bit, transferred to Missouri State, was good there. Obviously, Joey McGuire knows what he has in Demetri Moore. He's going to start next to Christian Merriweather there at the inside linebacker position. And I, I really expect him to have a good season. I really have, do. have you talked to him? I have. Well, I, yeah. I talked to him back in the recruiting yeah, process. But, and So, you know, Coach McGuire stresses relationships. Oh, so, yeah. you know, some coaches, I think a guy from a few years ago calls and, hey, Coach, you remember? But I bet you... Oh, yeah. A relation. I mean, that just shows you Joey McGuire, and this guy knows what he's getting, and Joey McGuire knows what he's getting from Moore. No doubt. And what's interesting is I remember watching him play, like covering Moore's games in high school. He was one of those guys that was just, you know, I talk about, I always envisioned, you know, Braveheart when the two armies are running at each other screaming, you know. <laughs> that's what the Joey McGuire, I actually mentioned that to Joey McGuire in an interview months back, that that's what his teams reminded me of in high school. And he said exactly, he laughed and said exactly that's what we're going for. And Demetri Moore is that kind of guy. So that's what you're getting. Like you said, they, they know each other. Uh, the next guy I want to mention, and, uh, and Tech has, has added a lot of uh, offensive linemen. McGuire said publicly, privately, to anyone who would listen, every time I, I, I see him, offensive line, that's where it's at. We've got to get better in the trenches. Five offensive linemen, uh, or six, honestly, uh, offensive linemen. The first one I want that they've added this offseason, the first one I want to mention is Will Spencer, 6'4", 300 pounds out of Western Kentucky. Obviously, he played uh, for Coach Kitley at Western Kentucky. He was an first-team all-conference USA performer. As a tackle, he's probably going to play right guard for you. He's probably going to be your starting right guard. He was held out of uh, spring ball just kind of getting cleaning up some injuries, as I like to say. But he's expected to be full go fall camp. And I, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't start at right guard for you. Uh, like I said, 6'4", 300 pounds. So I, I typically like the interior offensive lineman to be a little heavier than that. But we know this guy can play Division One football. So uh, that's a huge addition for Texas Tech. Wide receiver Brady Boyd. We talked about relationships earlier, Pete. Uh, his dad was uh, McGuire's first offensive coordinator at Cedar Hill. Like, Brady Boyd remembers, like, sleeping over at the house, you know, watching game film with his dad and Joey McGuire, you know, way back in the day. He was at Minnesota. He's out of South Lake Carroll. Uh, 6'1", 185-pound receiver, but he plays much bigger. Uh, he's one of those guys that if it's he has a big catch radius and if it's anywhere in his area, he's probably going to win the jump ball. Uh, so he transferred in from, from Minnesota. He's got, like, four years left. Uh, George, another guy, he was probably – one of the top two or three pleasant surprises of spring football is wide receiver Jordan Brown, who transferred in from Kansas. He's a walk-on, but, I, I mean, like I was mentioning the staff earlier, uh, Joe Yeager said he thinks he could like, perhaps have the most catches on the team or be in the top three, which is, too, is pretty crazy to go from transferring in from Kansas as a walk-on to have that capability. But he can play outside. He can play inside. I, 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 he's probably too good to stay off the field. I really feel like Jordan Brown has an opportunity to make a huge impact this season. Okay. And so, I mean, obviously you think of the wide receivers. you got Miles Price. Yeah. And, and you name these two. I mean, uh, how much, you know, who do you think are the, the main targets this year? Yeah, that's a good question. What's interesting is that you, you don't have an Eric Izukama, a guy, you know, like this guy. They're going to have to double him and all that. Now, Miles Price, I expect to have 
perhaps an all Big 12 caliber season because, first off, he's experienced. In the big games that they won, like Iowa State, he had that big catch. I think he had a good game against Mississippi State. He's, he was featured last year. And then in Zach Kitley's offense, this air raid offense, which if you're listening out there, you're a Texas Tech fan, you're probably very familiar with, of course, uh, it really features the slot receivers in all shapes and sizes, whether it's giant Jason Morrow or a guy like Miles Price who is smaller, more of a quick twitch guy. So I think those guys, in turn, or I think uh, Miles Price is going to be huge. On the outside, you got a bunch of big targets. I really like Jaran Bradley. This is his second year in the program. Uh, he's a monster. I mean, I'm a pretty big dude. He monster, He towers over me, staying next to him. We were out there at practice. Uh, very athletic. Uh, Trey Cleveland is a guy who's not really talked about a lot, but he had some, some – he, he showed some flashes. Um, man, they have a, three or four guys that I, I really like that are, that are similar. J.J. Spartman, that's what I was trying to think of. I, you know, he reminds me of – He had a of, touchdown in the bowl game, didn't he? He did. He, that's that was a nice thought, one. Yeah. He reminds me of a Terrell Owens. I'm not saying he's as good as him. I'm just saying his body type and that T.O., like he played like he was 6'4", you know, 230 or something like that, but fast. And he wasn't that big. Terrell Owens wasn't that big. That's what J.J. Sparkman's 6'3", but he seems bigger than that because of his athleticism. I think he's poised for a, a really good year. Well, you named a lot of guys. And what about the, the dude from Miss, uh, Midland Lee? Loik? Fun- oh, Loik Fungi. Oh, how can like, I forget him? That's what I'm saying. You yeah, have all no. these guys. I'm like, man. 6'4", 200 pounds, runs like a deer. I mean, he was a track star, very good foot. But he's a, not a track guy playing football. He's a football <laughs> player. I mean, he broke all of Midland Lee or what, Midland Legacy, what they call it, uh, all their records, which that's a great yeah. program, you know. So, obviously, a lot of depth there. They have a lot of depth. And I've heard that be, like brought up as a possible concern. I'm not concerned about receiver. I'm really yeah, not. I right. think they're loaded there. I, good. They, have, they have size. They have depth now. They have some uh, good quick twitch guys in the slot. They have some tight ends, yeah. uh, which is really a good yep. segue. Baylor Cup, 6'7", yep. uh, 245-pound uh, dude. Who is, I, he runs like a 4'7", or 4'6", something crazy. like Maybe even faster than that, to be honest. Uh, was a former five-star recruit. Was like a top 20 national recruit uh, who went to A&M, but he suffered a couple major injuries. Uh, Broke his ankle, had to put a plate put in his ankle, uh, then tore up his shoulder the next fall camp or, or, or spring ball. So he's had some major injuries, but he's all healthy. He played some last year. He was backing up one of the best tight ends in the country for AM last year. But uh, he's going to come in tandem with uh, Henry Teeter, uh, who's unheralded, but he's a good player, good blocker, does a lot of things to tight end. And then, of course, Mason Tharp. So you guys, a 6'8 and a 6'7 tied in dude with the with the guy who's willing to do the dirty work and teeter and that's a really good combination yeah. of tight end those guys are versatile baylor cup really uh is a nice bow on that position uh it's safety safety is one of the positions of strength this year but i really like the addition of tyler owens i know sean we were wa- uh, walking in one of the spring practices and he just looks the part he's a former four-star guy he played some at texas he was a backup texas is known for producing if nothing else mm-hmm. really good defensive backs and owens he played some but not a lot. I don't, he didn't start a lot of games. But in what we were able to see and just seeing his body type and then his potential, Tyler Owens is really good in terms of adding depth to that defensive backfield. Well, what about the offensive line? That's the one, that's the one, that's the one problem that the Red Raiders have had is that you've had broken quarterbacks the last couple yeah. of years. Yeah, I, you know, and really in looking at this whole roster, that's my number one concern. And there, it, it's, there's a wide berth between my – my number one concern. It's my first three concerns. Is that, is <laughs> what specific, are the other two? I mean, 
I guess I don't. Even, I don't really know compared to how much like I'm worried about the offensive line, and that's a, such a key. And there's a reason why McGuire's been harping on that all offseason, and it's because right. it's such a key position. And they're just they don't they have numbers. They have really good numbers now, but they don't have the proven guys. I like the left side, Caleb Rogers. I think he's going to be good at left tackle. Western right, I think he's going to be your starting left guard. But after that. Uh, like I said, Cole Spencer, yes, I like him at right guard, who we talked about. But who's going to play uh, center? Clayton Franks was the starting center all spring. He's in the transfer portal. He's probably gone. Now, they brought in Kate Briggs, 6'3", 295-pound guy out of New Mexico. He's a two-year star in New Mexico. He's a good player at tackle. But he was out all spring. He had a cast on his wrist and his arm. And uh, he didn't get to participate other than he was suited up and working on snaps. But, I mean, I'm sure he you know get the offense down and all that. But... Uh, center is obviously a very key position. No one knows that better than offensive line coach Stephen Hamby, of course, you know, who was a big part of all that success there in the Mike Leach era in 2008. Uh, but you still got to have the, the talent to do it. So can Kate Briggs be that, that guy at center? We're going to find out, I think. I'm just happy that you've got stability on the left side for the back, for, for the blind side. <laughs> for the blind side, yeah. <laughs> I just don't uh, – there's so many times last year that you look – you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Get throw the ball away. Yeah. That's going to hurt. And if they have to, they'll just have to go to a quick passing game, you know, like the, the three-step drops or whatever, or, you know, no drops, a lot. I'm expecting to see a lot of screens. I know people don't want to hear that, but we're going to see a lot of wide receiver screens to try and keep that rush at bay uh, because, again, the offensive line, during the spring game, both the offensive quarter and defensive quarter were so vanilla, and rightfully so. But in the first possession – uh, new defensive coordinator Tim DeRuiter did just a couple of simple stunts and like one little linebacker blitz, and the right side just could not handle it. Now, some of the guys I expect to play were not there, but it was exactly what I was fearing. Was like they got you know, uh, it was a turnover, and I think part of it was that Shuck was rushed on, on that pass. That was that was a pick six early right. on in the spring game, so. That's my concern. But there's some other offensive linemen I like that they're bringing in. Monroe Mills, 6'6", 300-pound, former mid three-star guy at Oklahoma State. He's young. He still has three or four years of eligibility left. Uh, he's working in at right tackle. Ty Buchanan uh, was a guy that Tech recruited heavily out of high school. He ended up uh, signing with USC. He has, I believe, four years of eligibility remaining, 6'6", 290. Michael Shanahan is another guy, 6'5", 310 pounds out of UT Martin, which it isn't Division One, but he, you know, he dominated at that level, and uh, he's worked some at right tackle as well. I think Ethan Card, who's actually a veteran, uh, 6'8", 315 pounds. He looked really good at times in spring. He started some games at left tackle already, so we know he can at least, like, you know, he won't be frightened of it. Uh, watch for him to take over the right t- tackle spot, but if not, they have brought in a lot of numbers to throw at the problem and see if they could develop there. Uh, all these guys you're naming, we're going to see them all on the field this year? Yes, they're yeah. all eligible. Uh, and, you know, like I said, I, they they may work a bunch of different combinations. If they don't, you know, if they struggle against Houston or NC State, uh, you know, by the time they get to conference, we might see a different combination on their right side. I feel good on the left side. Again, those two guys, <laughs> I mean, we've seen them for seasons now. Uh, Caleb Rogers has developed. He started some as a freshman. Western right, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a great player, but he's been solid at guard, both both sides uh, of the line at the guard position. He's a big mauler type that should help you run the ball. I expect them to be able to run the ball predominantly on the left with 
good running backs, you know. So if they can get any kind of push, those running backs will break the first couple of tackles. This is Roger Kintosh Brooks. I really like them. So uh, one more guy I want to mention real quick. One more guy. Uh, Miles Cole, defensive lineman out of Louisiana in a row, 6'6", 290. I, two, this is the way football is now. I expect him to play defensive end at 290, you know. Um, he's not a, just a great pass rusher, but he's definitely a space eater. It's going to help with depth on the defensive line, which is equally as important as the offensive line, right? Absolutely. So the Red Raiders uh, doing some work through the transfer portal. And coming up later in the show, we'll take a look at basketball with Inside the Red Raiders recruiting. Uh, but coming up next on the Rocket pregame show, we are going to talk more football uh, with the Lubbock Matadors. Head coach Paul Gilbert is here to talk about that first game here at Plains Capital Park, and then they're heading out right after they do our interview with us to play Fort Worth again out there. We'll talk some Lubbock Matadors next. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame Show on Rock 101. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Meineke and Michelob Ultra. It's the Rockin' Interview. Time to talk a little Lubbock Matadors. Some football. You might know it as soccer, but they just played their first game last Friday, getting ready to go on the road for their second game. We're joined by uh, the Matadors head coach, Paul Gilbert, and the GM of the Matadors, Dustin McCorkle. Uh, guys, uh, what did you think of that first game? I mean, over 4,000 people there. What a great foundation laid down. Yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better start. Uh, we were hoping it was going to be a good turnout, but... Uh, seeing so many fans on social media comment that uh, they wish they were at the game. We had actually hundreds of people watching online. Uh, it was a great showing of Lubbock's support. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. How about it, Coach? Yeah, I thought it was phenomenal. Uh, just the atmosphere that, that was created by, by the supporters group and the fans and uh, the the actual product on the field was pretty good for, for eight days of training and uh, I was I was really, really happy with, with kind of where the club's at. Yeah, you jumped out one nothing. Yeah, it was a three one loss, but uh, you know, you guys get to go to Fort Worth this weekend and, and take on these guys again, coach. Uh, you get to see them a second time. I'm sure you'll make some adjustments and, and try to get the three points. Yeah, for sure. I mean uh, we we always look at the way we play as a, as opposed to the results sometimes and I, I thought we played really well uh, for large parts of the game we were we're pretty pretty good at what we want to do and the spaces we want to get into and created a, a lot of chances to score and you obviously hope that that you can score those next time and then uh, just cleaning up a, a few mistakes because at the, at this level if you make a mistake you're going to get punished and so for us that that was how it, how it worked right like we had the ball the whole time we were creating chances but two little mistakes and boom you're you're back down two to one a lot of of those mistakes were made on the counter attack you were very aggressive and there were a lot of shots that were just missing to the left and to the right i mean i could see you because i was out at the game you were cringing because you're like it's it's there it's there it's there and how does it feel for you when you know your team is getting it and it's just these little things that you have to clean up that will be show this uh, town that the team is going to be good. Yeah, I think for me it's just about patience. Uh, over on the sideline, your, your team's going to reflect uh, the attitude that you have. And so if you're, if you're kind of up and yelling and throwing stuff and, and kind of pitching a fit, I think your, your team is going to get a little... A little antsy 
but if you can be as calm as you can, uh, which we try to be, right? We don't always. <laughs> you don't always. <laughs> you sat on that bench like you were super glued to it. Yeah, I, I was just trying to, you know, like we're creating chances, and that that's really uh, when you look at your tactical setup. That's really what you can ask for: is are we creating chances and getting guys opportunities to score? Um, and you know, sometimes they're going to score, sometimes they're not. And then, uh, as far as the counterattack you mentioned, yeah, I mean that's uh, that's the danger of being as aggressive as we are in playing that brand of football. Is you you might open yourself up to a counterattack, and so I think I think we got to deal with those a little bit better. Um, but you know, I, w- I wouldn't change how we approached the match at all. Well, you got uh, at Fort Worth Saturday, uh, back home next Saturday against San Antonio. But Dustin, uh, you know, you got a lot of red, uh, a lot of Matador fans. Uh, how do they get tickets for this weekend's game? And maybe they can't go. Will it be streamed? Give us all those details uh, so we know what to do for the road games. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would hope that because we have a lot of people that either went to Tech or uh, graduations are happening. Would love to see people show up to TCU and support. Uh, our, our team. We're actually going to have a meetup at Chimmy's in Fort Worth before the game uh, so everybody can come out there, rally, head over to the game. Uh, I think that would be a really cool story to, for our fans and our guys to be able to see uh, us traveling there. So uh, if you want to do that, I'm, I'm sure you could find our owner, uh, Hitch, and I bet your first beer will be on him. Uh, <laughs> so I would encourage everybody to go out there, find him, um, and he'll take care of you. Uh, but yes, future games, uh, continue to go to lobitmatadors.com for all the details on everything that we have a lot of stuff happening and would love to see you come out and obviously uh hopefully we can start with uh, over 5,000 the next game yeah so 4,300 is our benchmark uh so i'm excited to see if we can hover in that four to five thousand uh and push that envelope uh again i think every game is going to be unique we got waterburger uh sponsoring this next game we got some cool giveaways uh, i won't share all of the stuff but uh come out Every event's going to be different, uh, and we only have five more opportunities to see this team. So if you got kids especially, we have some unique, fun opportunities. I, I don't want you guys to miss out on that. And, Coach, uh, what's the attitude of the guys this week? You, you, they probably know they let one slip away, but boom, you get to see this team again. Yeah, I mean, I think all the guys, like, obviously there's there's uh, it was a quiet locker room. Everyone just kind of taking it in, knowing, like, oh, man, we – we kind of had that one in the bag, and we we took our foot off the gas a little bit, and and we got punished. Uh, but but by Tuesday, we're back. We're guys are competing on the the training pitch for for their position in the squad. Uh, we got a couple more guys that came in this week, and so the the team is starting to take shape. And I think there's a lot of excitement. And and, and today, I thought we had our best training session of the year. Uh, and so yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun road trip, business trip. Uh, but also really important for our club uh, just to the guys continuing to get to know each other because keep in mind these guys don't know each other uh, they just met 10 12 days ago and uh, so a, a road trip's always kind of good for that camaraderie as you saw the team in practice and then you saw them in that first game who are the players that you knew were good but showed you exactly why you wanted to recruit them and, and get them on this team yeah, so I think um, Luke Jones, obviously I, I, I've known him for three or four months now, but I, we, we've kind of seen his development just continue to, to grow he, here over these two weeks, and he's really just got a lot of tools in his toolkit. And, I mean, he's normally not a not a forward, and that's what he had to play. Uh, and so I thought, obviously, he scored the goal. He did a great job. 
Kataro uh, coming in as a left back, a couple training sessions. Uh, he had the assist, played really well. And then uh, I'll just point out um, our, our midfield duo, so Storm and, uh, and TT, so Tarai, but we call him TT. Uh, those two were incredible with, with their ability to cover ground, uh, passing and back pressing, and I thought they, they did a really good job uh, for us. And uh, Dustin, what what as uh, after you get to Fort Worth, what are some events next week fans can look forward to? Yeah, we we've said that this uh, club is going to be about connecting with community. Um, so we're actually putting on some soccer camps May 18th, 19th, uh, 20th, and then we have the game on the 21st. So uh, go online. There's a few spots left. We're going to have a couple more camps throughout the year. If uh, you sign your kid up, you get a ticket for your child to come out to the game. Uh, we'll do some group experiences. They'll get to connect with the players and learn from the pros. So that's what this is all about. So we're going to be putting those on throughout the year. I would encourage everybody to continue to stay updated on the website. Uh, but that's that's what's coming up next. Coach, uh, what did you think of the, the, the chanting? And, the, you know, a lot of fans are just getting into this side of football. What, what do you think of uh, how the fans did keeping the energy out there? Oh, oh I thought it was it was fantastic. Uh, I, I I took a little step back as the players were walking out, and you hear the um, the drums and, and kind of the the typical chanting at a at a, a European soccer match that you would hear, and you hear the bullhorn and all this stuff, and it, it gave me goosebumps. And I think it's only going to get better as people learn that culture of uh, of supporters group fandom, uh, and they start coming to the games because of that experience and it was it was more than i ever imagined i loved it and those guys uh the guys leading uh the mozos were were incredible and what was your overall assessment did you look at the whole league this week and any surprises of, of what te other teams did no not not really honestly uh for this league the first two weekends are tough to take anything from uh, as an indicator of what's going to happen after May 14th uh, because a lot of teams are they're playing players that might not play again or they don't have all the guys into the, the city that they're in yet and so um, it, it's kind of tough to get any gauge of what teams are going to be like uh, for these first two weeks. Okay. Uh, Dustin, you got the final word. Why don't you tell everybody, you know, how, if they're not a Lubbock Matador fan yet, how they can become one. Yeah, uh, the amount of texts I got this weekend from people that didn't know anything about soccer but showed up and just said, we had such a fun yeah. time. Uh, Five o'clock, uh, every game we're going to be having our, our pregame block party. It is kid-friendly. I think that was something that we didn't get out uh, well enough, but two docks will be out there, food trucks. We got games for the kids. Um, and it's a great place to go meet people and uh, join up. I think we had people joining that supporters group during the block party, which was awesome. And then we saw 20-some people marching in and screaming. So uh, block party at 5, 7.30 kick. Uh, come out and experience it. I promise you, you're going you're gonna to fall in love with it. Absolutely. So the Matadors at Fort Worth Saturday, and then next Saturday uh, they'll be home against San Antonio, and I'm sure we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, good luck this, this Saturday, Coach. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right, guys. Coming up next on the Rockin' Pregame Show, we are going to talk some Red Raider baseball. Humongous series this weekend. Two top ten teams colliding in Stillwater. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame Show on Rock 101. Baseball on the road. 
Yeah, huge series opening up tonight in Stillwater, Texas Tech taking on Oklahoma State. I believe there are two games back. Is that right going they into are, this series? They are, yep. Uh, so for first place, uh, so it's all right out there in front of them after all the hand-wringing and uh, concern, and in some cases rightfully so, don't get me wrong. Uh, but they're still right there. They still have opportunity to go to Stillwater and take control of the lead of the Big 12. Uh, it's going to be a tough thing to do. I don't, I don't, has Tech swept anybody in the Big 12 this year? I know they've won most of the series, but I don't know if they've swept a series uh, so far. Did they sweep Kansas State? I think they got one. They got one? Okay, well. But the Sunday is one of the, you know, the, the, the issues there. So, But a great opportunity. Hopefully you, you can strike first tonight. And, uh, you know, we got to talk to Tim Tadlock this week. And, uh, you know, this team hadn't played since last Tuesday. Yeah. That crazy 16-12 win over Abilene Christian. So Tadlock talked about the challenge of now taking on number three Oklahoma State after 10 days off. It will be a challenge, without a doubt. I mean, facing a guy on Friday night in Campbell that's, you know, one of the better ones in the league. And uh, they're playing at a high level. And uh, we have had 10 days off, so it's a good challenge. Ten days off from a standpoint of playing another team, and so it's a good challenge. But this this little break's always been good for us. Um, it doesn't always look that way right out of the gate, but you know, in the long run, it's it's set us up good for postseason. And uh, really, the important thing is go up there and play the best you can on Friday, and go from there. And then Don Williams said, "Look into your crystal ball. What do you have to do to host?" and Tadlock with a typical Tadlock answer. I didn't know I had a crystal ball, first of all. <laughs> and so really, um, yeah, you just go play each day and try to win the games right in front of you. And uh, obviously, if you if you finish on top of the league, you should be a regional host. So that's probably the easiest place to start. We're joined by Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout. Keith, how you doing this Friday, man? Great. How are you guys? Great, great. Well, obviously, a huge series. Uh, I'll just start off with the obvious here. What do you think Texas Tech has to do to get at least two or three here? I mean, go be yourself. You know, go do the things that, that the Red Raiders know how to do or are good at. Um, you know, get on base. Jace Young is excellent at that. He leads the nation in walks. You know, just get up there, put together competitive at-bats. And I don't want to give you a bunch of coach speak. These are all the <laughs> things that Coach Tadlock would say. But I think it's true for this team when you've yeah. seen – some of their offensive struggles, it, it feels like it's times they're pushing too hard. They're trying to compensate for the pitching, whatever it is. Just get out there and play your game because I think that when you look up and down Oklahoma State across their season and at their team, they're very beatable. And uh, they're hot right now, but I think they're beatable, and this is obviously a big series, and Tech needs to go show up. Hey, Keith, I don't want to put you on the spot because this might be a long list at this point, but how, can you give us an idea just how beat up Tech is? And, the, and then also to piggyback on that, like, Perhaps this break came at the, the perfect time. It is a good time, I think. And Tech has had a really good record over the years after this break. Uh, they've been solid in, in Big 12 play, kind of wrapping things up after the finals break. You know, pitching is what's most beat up. And you know about Brendan Gurton, uh, although we have gotten reports now, you know, he's and, and maybe you guys listen to it, that he's starting to throw and, and not completely out of the question. Trenton Parrish injured. Uh, Hade Key, a guy that you didn't even get to see this year, he went out in the fall. Um, and you've been beat up a little bit in the field. You haven't lost anybody for a really long period of time or for the season like you did in last year, for instance, with Dylan Noisy and things like that. But um, I think they're above average beat up in the bullpen and, you know, kind of the average level of just wear and tear of a season as far as the field goes. 
Uh, what's your uh, big concern this weekend? Obviously, two top ten teams: Tech, number nine; Oklahoma, number uh, Oklahoma State, number three. What what sticks out to you for the Cowboys? Well, they've got. I think they've got two great starting pitchers also in Justin Campbell and Bryce Osmond. And so you look at, at rankings in the Big 12, and they're a great one-two punch. Probably not quite the one-two punch that Birdsell and Morris have been for Tech, but I think they're good ones, and they can hold you down a little bit. When you break their conference-only numbers out, though, they're not quite as productive offensively as, as the numbers kind of show for the season. And same thing for the pitching, but they're still strong. And so I think if I'm looking at concerns, that's it. As far as offensively, uh, Marcus Brown, Jake Thompson, Nolan McLean, kind of the straw that stirs the drink as far as those guys go. But uh, really just a couple of those are, are really your big contributors pushing in the Big 12 rankings, that kind of stuff. And really in the Big 12, it's kind of Texas and Tech as far as offense goes and then everybody else. And you could probably even say it's Ivan Melendez and then Tech and everybody else. And so uh, I think that that's why I say they're beatable. They've struggled with a third starter. They've got a couple of guys on offense, but you have – you know, your own tools that can hold them down and push them around. Um, I would say one of the biggest things I would think about is the environment. Uh, O'Brate's a brand-new ballpark. It's a fantastic facility. It only has set seating or, or permanent seating for, like, 3,500. It's actually kind of small, uh, but it's expandable to 8,000, and I would imagine it'll be rocking this weekend. Uh, so that's going to be a big one. And, and this team is hot. They just went to Austin and swept Texas. They just got walked off in their midweek against Dallas Baptist. And so they're going to be looking to make a big statement here against a, a highly ranked team. Who on the bullpen or someone that we haven't really seen yet is someone that we could look at as potential the future of this team? Because I was talking about that there are some pitchers like Hit and, you know, Kyle Robinson that could be key pieces that you can add on to in the future. Yeah, I, I think Kyle Robinson is definitely one of the right names of that. Uh, I think that there were some guys coming in, and he was one of them that this staff was, this coaching staff was looking to contribute this year in big ways. And you've had the injuries and a couple that are kind of scuffling. I think Robinson projects to be a guy with a ton of potential. The physicality is there, the pitchability is there. It's kind of getting the innings under the belt and the comfort level. Uh, that would be a, a really big one. I would say Lysick is another one. Uh, physical. Uh, you know, strong, powerful, has come off of, of some injury issues and, and is finally kind of getting back in and seeing a little bit of time. So, yeah, you're looking down the road in, in later seasons. Those are two big names that I would look at for sure. And then Chase Hampton, what is he seems to be either really, really good <laughs> or really, really bad. Hampton has he certainly struggled. I think you can uniquely point to a specific day. Hampton got scratched against Stephen F. Austin. He had the flu, I believe. And from then on, he's really fallen off in the season and struggled in the starting roles. Uh, I think you're going to see more of him again and, and get his shots again. Um, and that's tough, you know, when you're in practice and kind of tearing it up and simulated things, and then you got to get into a game, and it kind of makes you feel like it's a little more mental than anything else and feeling the situations. But, yeah, I think he's another guy with a ton of potential, physical potential, uh, pitchability and, and a guy that, you know, when you can kind of get over that hump and back into the rhythm he was in as the midweek starter before that scratch, uh, that uh, he could be a real contributor for you. Well, you know, we've talked about the struggles on Sunday, the struggles midweek, uh, and then the struggles on the road. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is the biggest road test for this team, but with all the troubles they had, I mean, they're only two games out. I mean, this is the, they got to know the opportunity that's in front of them. And then, you know, they just finished up finals, so maybe they got some of that 
you know, off their back, and they can really mm-hmm. focus in this week. Get the student side off your shoulders, yeah, yeah for sure. And, and I agree with you, Pete. I mean, it's funny because we're, we're feeling like this team is struggling and scuffling and all that, and some of that's because of those midweek games. Yeah. The RPI's not great, but you've lost one Big 12 series. You know, it's a pretty good season so far. Uh, but, yeah, those those Sundays have been tough, and it's not just pitching. The offense falls off on Sundays, and that's what I was kind of getting at earlier. There, it feels like you're pushing and compensating, and it's not working out. You're, you're getting out of your middle zone and, and putting together competitive at-bats. But, yeah, they've got to know. I mean, and, and you're not out of the race. Oklahoma and West Virginia are playing this weekend. I like West Virginia in that one. If that's what happens and Tech can take care of business, you're right back in the hunt for a Big 12 title, and I, that's – feels a little bit crazy to say, but that's the parody in the conference. Uh, and certainly Oklahoma State sweeping Texas didn't didn't hurt that at all, you know, for, for opening things up for everybody. But um, I think, and, and kind of put yourself in the coach shoes again, you can't go in thinking about that. We can talk about that. You certainly don't want them thinking about it. But, you know, it's a big opportunity to take care of business and close this thing out strong because, like Coach Tadlock said a few weeks ago, anything can happen, you know, and you've seen teams scuffle and barely make it into the tournament, which – that's where this team could be if they scuffle here through the stretch and then they go on and do big things. So I uh, certainly want to get yourself in the best position you can be in um, to go get into a, a regional that you feel like you can win. Yeah, and obviously uh, they didn't play this weekend, uh, this past weekend, but uh, they clinched a spot in the uh, Big 12 championship, though obviously most teams get to, get to go out there. But uh, Globe Life is, is a place they got to play at the start of the season and right. last year. and. Uh, that's going to be exciting for Red Raider fans. I think it's a great change, personally. I mean, I think it's it was time for a little bit of a refresh. Oklahoma City was struggling to get fans in there, you know, and, and really get a good environment. It's not like the old days of the Southwest Conference when those tournaments were just rocking. And so I think getting it into Arlington at a big league ballpark that, that people enjoy going to, that's comfortable to be in at this time of year, I think that'll help the fan attendance, you know, and I think it'll help bring in fans kind of from multiple fan bases and i think it could make for some great environments and to be honest it, it could be one of those years where that tournament means a little bit more to texas tech than it has in the past as far as seating goes and so you kind of wonder are you going to go up there and look to be a little more competitive rather than previous years where you're just kind of trying to save guys and keep them healthy because you know what your postseason looks like all right we're going to take a break but we're going to come back and talk some more texas tech baseball preview in the big series against oklahoma state with keith patrick from red raider dugout you're listening to the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Cotton Court Hotel, B Equipment, and Weston Water Well Drilling and Pump Service. It's the Rockin' Interview. And we're back with Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout. Before we talk more about Texas Tech baseball. I just want to mention that uh, coming up August 15th, Buffalo Wild Wings will be holding the 16th annual uh, summer shootout uh, golf tournament, which benefits the Children's Miracle Network at UMC. Last year, they raised $52,000 for the kids. and That's that's really amazing. Uh, And so if you want to join, uh, if you want to help benefit the the kids uh, there at UMC, call 806-535- Three eight zero 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 zero. It's eight zero six five three five three eight zero zero. This is a great cause. They're hoping to to get up to seventy five thousand and really help out uh, some kids in need. So I'm going to give that number one more time. Eight zero six five three five thirty eight zero zero. All right, we're talking Texas Tech baseball. Uh, Keith, just 
we've talked so much about this team, you know, struggling but still being there. I want to go positive. Who is someone who's been like the biggest pleasant surprise that may have come out of nowhere and, and has really helped the, the team this year? Yeah. I know you. It's it's hard to answer that because yeah. I know you know a lot of the roster. But I mean, who who maybe has been a, the biggest pleasant surprise to, to like fans out there? You know, I would. I kind of point at three, to be honest, that as soon as you said that, I think both of your freshmen that are starting in the field, Hudson White and Owen Washburn, I think they've been excellent defensively. White, in particular, it's so impressive what he and Stillwell are doing, swapping back and forth first to catcher with no drop-off into either place, I don't feel like. I think that says a lot uh, about White as, as a player. I think Washburn's been great in right field. It's a tough place to come play as a freshman uh, with the balls that are flying around, at, especially here at home. And so uh, I think and then they've both been great at the plate, even with a slow start for Washburn. And so uh, I think that's been a lot. But for me, that kind of number one is Easton Morrell. He's a guy that's been around. I mean, he, he transferred in from Arkansas, has the big swing in the College World Series against his former team. And you kind of saw him in and out of that season in and, and spot starts and different places kind of moving around the field. But, man, he is locked down left field. He's been excellent at the plate. He's taken over your leadoff spot, which was a big hole after a Gabe Holt era and then a Drew Baker doing such a great job in that spot. And, I mean, it's just fun. I started calling him Dr. Plunkenstein. I mean, the guy's, the guy's about to be potentially going to be number two on the, on the Texas Tech career season HBP list. You know, he's got, I think, three more, four more to pass uh, Jamadric Magruder. Not like you're up there trying to get hit, but it is a fun stat to look at. I mean, and the guy's getting on base. He's bat. He's had plenty of stretches this season he's batted over 400 and i think has been just kind of that and i don't know who the leader of this team is but he's gritty he's got him he plays hard he plays a little bit angry sometimes and i think he's that kind of guy he doesn't say a lot but when he says something people listen and i i feel like he's a very important piece of this team that's interesting you just that last part where you said you don't know who the leader of this team is is that rare do I, you feel like you normally know who the who the leader or leaders are uh, you know for texas tech baseball i had this conversation with somebody the other day because that was the question you know if if there's a team only meeting who's calling it and who's talking and i don't really have that answer i think that kind of knowing their personalities you know it's hard to to pin down exactly who that that guy is but i don't know if it's uncommon i mean i think it, we're probably used to seeing kind of a josh young field general kind of guy and knowing yeah. like hey this is the guy that's up there kind of captaining the ship so to speak but then the other side of that for this team their chemistry is outstanding i mean they're very close they all like as a whole team are very close spend a lot of time together it's not those years where you see them kind of in in smaller groups smaller cliques i mean they're all really kind of locked in together love playing together and for each other so maybe they don't need the one leader so much as other teams have needed because they're so cohesive uh, but i think they have leadership I just don't know who that one guy is, you know, that leads that. I think they all probably have their moments and situations uh, where they step into those roles. The RPI isn't that good at 41 right now. Right. But there are some charts that have them as high as nine. What are they seeing, or do they just see that you've got Birdsoul and Morris and, you know, Mm -hmm. the the two good starters? Why, Why is there such a disconnect between what the stats say and what people are seeing on the field you know the way knowing the way that d1 and i know you guys have talked to kindle too and knowing how they kind of talk about their rankings a little bit i think there's a couple things at play with like a top 10 and they stayed at number nine for a while i don't think there's been a reason to drop them i mean you haven't had just an awful week in quite a while so they kind of climbed up and have, have been hanging uh, i think that also has to do just as way rankings go with what other teams are doing and who's moving up and down and some of those kinds of things but 
Um, I think that there's a lot of belief in this program, in the brand of Texas Tech, and in Tim Tadlock. And uh, they've just seen this story too many times. You know, this team getting hot late uh, and cruising into the postseason. And I think that as much as we as fans locally think about hosting, and if you're not hosting, that that's not where you want to be, I think they look at it, you know, you're getting into the postseason, you have the same opportunity anybody does. Um, and so, yeah, the RPI is a concern. And you kind of go to the other side and look at the resume and the, you know, the record against top 50 RPI teams and top 100 RPI teams and all of those kind of things, that starts to play into the conversation. But from a ranking standpoint, I think there's just a lot of belief there. And I think if over two weekends, if you can really take care of business against these two teams, you put your, you're in the hunt for the Big 12 title, maybe a little bit of showing in Arlington is important to this. I think that that belief, the committee would have that too, and there's still that outside chance that you have an opportunity to host, depending on how the rest of baseball kind of falls around. And then big wins against Dallas Baptist, who has really been showing up. Especially yeah, number two RPI team throughout the season, really. I mean, they've been really high and, and maintained that for quite a while. I, I just think that uh, you can build your resume back, and you still have a path to get into the top 32 in the RPI, and you don't have to be top 16 to host. I mean, there's a reach down to some extent, and we've seen some teams that have even been surprising that don't have that brand that get to host despite an RPI that's a little bit lower in the last couple of years. So I do think that outside option is still there, but kind of like Pete was going to earlier, Texan control their destiny in large part here. they got to take care of business. Do they have to win the Big 12 to host? Um, yeah, I, I think I think you got to get pretty close. I mean, you've you got to go you got to go five or six down the stretch here. I wow. think to to okay. do it, you're gonna have to. It's gonna be tough. If you go two and one this weekend, you have a you have a good shot. I think to sweep potentially. Although OU's really swinging it really well right now, their their offense has taken off, and we certainly saw that in in Amarillo too. So it's gonna be tough. Yeah, it's a tall order, but there's an opportunity. Is that series uh, here? Without looking it up, is that the one against Oklahoma? Like, it is. That's the Sean final. Okay, yeah. That's the final series. Yeah. yeah. I just couldn't remember if it was there or here. So, so the interesting see. piece is, I mean, you set, you take care of business this weekend. Say you get get two or three two. against Oklahoma State. You've just set up a really interesting yeah. season finale in Lubbock, Texas. And then Oklahoma State has to go face Baylor. Correct. Yeah. And that's in Waco. Or do you know? I don't know. But I'll, I bet we can find that. I'll, Sean? I'll, 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 <laughs> yeah, so the beat, oh, I was just going to say, you know, we, we also heard more from Tim Tadlock, uh, and he did talk about, uh, you know, some of the bumps and bruises of this team. So I tell you, I think you're going to have bumps and bruises at this point in the year, no matter if you have a few days where everybody thinks you got them off or not. Um, you know, there's going to be sore arms, there's going to be sore legs, and a little bit of sore everything. And so... That's day-to-day, and most of the time those guys are, that have those, you're one day away from them showing back up. In other words, you can, no different than you and I. We can have something sore, go out and, you, you know, do something you're not used to doing in the last week, you're going to be sore again. So, to me, it's, uh, you're going to have that some, and you got to figure out a way to get through that. And... Uh, but there's also a lot of competition within our roster. And, uh, sometimes, sometimes those things create, you know, an opportunity for somebody else. And Tadlock also was asked about just the break, the finals break, and just if the team was, was relieved that it's finally over, or if he's relieved it's finally over. Um, you'd like to think so. Most of these guys have been, again, they've. Uh, you're at a point in the year where they figured out a way to manage both those. I'm sure there's a relief for them and it's over. Um, 
far as school goes, but a lot of them will pick up and take a summer class. So, um, yeah, I think they probably enjoy just playing baseball. And just to follow up that Oklahoma State, uh, their final series is against Baylor is in Waco. So, as Keith was just saying, Pete was talking about what opportunity. Coach Tadlock talked about it. I mean, really, you got got to win this series. Got to yeah. take two. It's why you play the game. I mean, to get into yeah. situations like that, high stakes and a lot of fun. That everything shakes out. That Oklahoma series could have the feel of the Oklahoma State Super Regional from 2019. I mean, wow, it could be a massive fun. environment in that ballpark. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Keith, what, what do you think this weekend? What, what's your prediction? Oh, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to hold you to it, but we may replay the audio. Uh, right, yeah, Sean yeah. does all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a. I think that it is completely reasonable to think that this Red Raider squad can go down there and take two or three. I think a sweep is a surprise, a welcome one. Uh, I also think that walking out one and two on the weekend is is not a total loss. I mean, I think that uh, this is an incredibly good team as far as Oklahoma State goes. I think they're one of the hotter teams in the country, um, and I think they're going to be looking for a little bit of revenge after getting walked off by the Patriots in their midweek. So um, it's a tall order, but I think it's very reasonable to walk out of there with a series win. If you do drop the series, you're looking at a, probably a two seed then, right? I mean, even if you sweep Oklahoma, I don't know what the math. I'm mathematically challenged. So I, I, I can tell you for sure the from the, the there's a website called Boyd's World. They do a needs list for the RPI. You've got to win five of six to get into the top 32. And so yeah, if you're if you're not going in and getting at least the series win this weekend, things are going to get pretty doubtful for for having a chance to do anything other than a two seed somewhere else, um, which. You haven't done that in a while. Although it is kind of fun, there is a projection out there that you're the two-seed in Coral Gables, right. which is kind of where it all began. You know, yeah, 2014, free goot. So uh, <laughs> relive a little bit it of seems that. Seems like forever ago. Yeah. Now, wow. Uh, well, Keith Patrick, you do a great job at Red Raider Dugout. Can you tell people where they can find your work? Absolutely, yeah. RedRaiderDugout.com. We've got game recaps and uh, been covering all the things that are going on with this team red raiders and the pros we've got a ton of guys moving up into triple a davis martin has been absolutely carving it up he just made the the jump up to triple a caleb killian a ton of guys you can keep up with there robert duggar is now back into the mlb he went to the reds they sent him down they pulled him right back up the next day so i don't know what that this probably just paperwork for all i know but a lot of great stuff there with red raiders and the pros and then we're on twitter really active there at red raider dugout well, Keith, like I said, you do a great job. Really love having you on the show. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good one. Enjoy the weekend. Yeah. Looking forward to this series. But we still have a lot more coming up on the show. We're going to talk uh, some hoops recruiting. It seems like with the current climate of college sports and college basketball, there's always something going on with hoops recruiting. Uh, we're going to talk. Oh, man, I, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, Joey McGuire's visit to Pete's Lunch Church here coming up later in the show. It was phenomenal. Phenomenal. I, you know, everybody has, I was already excited. I think everybody left even more excited. He uh, he blew the doors off the building. And then we'll wrap it with the rundown, so uh, come back and join us. You're listening to the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101. Inside the Red Raiders recruiting news. Basketball. We're going to talk a little basketball with Inside the Red Raiders' Jared Johnson, but uh, we are live here at Buffalo Wild Wings. We're at the 82nd and University location. Come on out, have some lunch. Uh, uh, you know, and have a couple beverages. Uh, I'm drinking a Pepsi. I'm working, <laughs> but I love Pepsi. Uh, but uh, they're going to have all the games this weekend. You know, the Red Raiders, big game with uh, with Oklahoma State. And, you know, anytime there's an ESPN Plus game, 
uh, they got you covered here. So and, and you know they got every TV on NBA playoffs. My beloved right. Mavericks, man, just yeah. won a big game before Game Seven. I sure hope they're going to the have Suns. the stars on tonight. I'm right. Hop- as soon as we too, leave tonight, right. I'm hopping in the car. We're planning on going to Game Six tonight. Uh, nice. Heading into the Dallas area. So that's hey, fun. And, and as, before we get the uh, the the hack the. Uh, basketball i just wanted to mention real quick i'm super pumped up posts zach courtney just set a state record throwing the discus 186 uh, feet six inches to win the 2a boys discus state title wow. uh, he's on his way to colorado to play football but uh, big win yep. for post so hey we already did uh, inside the red raider recruiting for football now basketball and i mean you're talking about gold when you're talking Texas Tech basketball. And, and, and I mean, they're in the top five for every kid, basically. Yeah, they are. So why don't we talk about the new commits first, uh, guys who have actually not only said they're coming, committed, they've signed. Yeah, uh, and starting with the high school class, which I think, you know, has kind of been buried here because of all the transfer portal madness. But 24-7 sports just this week uh, dropped its final rankings for the 2022 class. And uh, one of their... Texas Tech signee's got a huge bump of 22 spots. Uh, first off, the class finishes ranked 21st in the country, which is solid considering it's just three guys. Uh, but the guy who got the biggest bump, and I, I, out of all the people, even within this class, he isn't talked about as, as much as he should be, is Lamar Washington. He did great at that Nike camp. He did amazing at that Nike camp. Uh, he jumped from 120 to 98, so he's a top 100 player nationally. Excellent. Uh, the cool thing about Lamar is, all right, he's 6'4", 210 pounds. He's a guard. Uh, he's actually a combo guard. He, he can facilitate as well as score, fill it up, uh, run the break. But he was also a three-star football recruit. He was a linebacker recruit. Uh, so, I mean, he had some big-time offers uh, just on the gridiron. Arizona, Cal, Kansas, Nebraska, uh, Oregon State, UCLA, and USC all offered him in football. Uh, he's a top 100 recruit in basketball. He chose uh, the Red Raiders over basketball offers from Auburn, Boise State, Colorado State, uh, Montana, Oregon State, Pacific, Pepperdine, Portland, St. Louis, and uh, TCU and Washington State. So I, it's one of those where he committed pretty early in the, for basketball in the process to Texas Tech and like shut it down. And he would have had a lot more offers. Or other programs, you know, came up to him and was like, hey, if we offered you, would you consider? And he's like, no. Nah. You know, I'm, I'm going to Texas Tech. He uh, likes Mark Adams, uh, likes the campus, all that. Uh, and he's going to be, speaking of campus, he's going to be on campus later this month. So him and Pop Isaacs, who's another uh, top 100 recruit, he actually dropped a, a couple of spots, but uh, he's 55 in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. 6-2 point guard out of Henderson, Nevada. Uh, you know, he's the classic, you know, penetrate, get guys involved, uh, look to look to pass and facilitate first. But if you lay off him, if you sag, go underneath those screens, he is, he's capable of putting up 30 points on any given night. He's that good of a player. At one point, he was a top 25 recruit. And I'm not really sure why he slid down. No one's really given, like, any kind of explanation. It's just one of those things. But I'm very excited about Pop Isaacs, both those guys. And then Robert Jennings, he really hasn't talked about a whole lot. The third signee of that, that high school class, the 2022 class, who's going to be here very soon on campus. Robert Jennings, 6'7", 220 pounds. He's a three-star recruit, which now Tech has gotten to the point where fans are like, three-star recruit? You know, what is that? You know, uh, but He's a very highly raised uh like the 200th 
uh, 204 in the country. So, I mean, he's one of the That's best players. Still. Yes. Uh, and he's, what I like about him is he fits that mold of he's a versatile 6-7 forward who can switch on defense like Marty Adams wants in his no-middle defense, but he also can stretch the defense, step out, uh, knock down shots from outside. So uh, he may not contribute immediately, but he's definitely a guy that, that could develop in this program and be a standout for Tech down the road. Now, how about uh, th- these new commits who have signed? Yeah, the uh, transfer oh, portal transfer guys? Portal yeah. Guys, yeah. Well, I mean, that's where a lot of the juice is right now, right? Devion Harmon, the 6'2 guard from Oregon by way of Oklahoma. I remember him. It seems like almost every year there's a little guard, a little shifty guard that lights Tech up for from from deep for like 30 points, 35 points, and that's why Tech drops to Oklahoma, a game they should win. And he did that a couple years ago for Oklahoma. Had a very solid year last year for Oregon. Um, I, he's more He's a score-first guard, which I don't have a problem with that. He's not as much of a facilitator, but Tech could have used a guy, a, floor, a, a score first floor general last year. I mean, really, that's what was missing from that team. So I, I really like him. But they also got some size with this uh, transfer portal class. Uh, Fardals, a mech, a 6'11 center from Utah Valley. You ever heard of Utah Valley before I have this? Not. Well, this guy averaged 19 points, 14 rebounds, almost two blocks a game last year. And that propelled him to being one of the top targets in the portal this offseason. I mean, Gonzaga. I mean, you name a school, a big-time school, they were after this guy, and he chose Texas Tech, which is very impressive. Jalen Tyson, I know he was here. He transferred during the season last year from Texas, but he was a top 25 recruit when he came out two years ago um, out of the Dallas area. He's a three-level scorer. Uh, We saw him, you know, practice with the team uh, during the tournament when we were in uh, San Diego and San Francisco. I don't know about you, Pete, but I was really impressed with just – he looks ready. His body looks ready for the rigors of a Big 12 schedule. You know, you, you got to be able to take some punishment and dish it out to survive a Big 12 schedule. And he looks ready. Yeah, and Mark Adams has said he's, he's uh, already as impressive now, jumping in there now. I expect guys. him to start. Yeah. I do. I expect him to be one of your leading scorers next year. He's that talented offensively. And go ahead, Sean. So who's your starting five? Oh, I, <laughs> well, I, you know, Harmon, Tyson, Amek, O'Banner. And then the two guard, the next other two guard, it, you're just got to see. You know, is it going to be uh, Demarion Williams, who already transferred from Gardner Webb, who I right. haven't mentioned? Yeah. Um, could it be a Lamar Washington, um, or Pop Isaacs, the point guard? I mean, will they play like a two small? I, I don't know if, if that works with this defense to have two smaller guards. And I say smaller, like six two, six three. Uh, I don't know if that works with the the switching on defense, but. We'll have to see. Well, you know, Fardar still could possibly go to the NBA. And just last week, uh, the Atlanta Hawks had, uh, you know, workouts. Uh, Bryson Williams was there. Davion Warren was there. Fardar's was there. So three yeah, kind of wow. Red Raiders. This is pretty awesome. But, is. you know, I've heard Fardar say uh, he thinks he can be a lottery pick just coming in with Mark Adams. So I- I'd be shocked if he goes to the NBA because he's not that highly up there. And I-, I think he wants to come to Tech. So I'd be surprised if he doesn't. But. You know, money talks and people walk. So I agree, Pete. Yeah. Uh, we don't do guarantees. No. You know, because we've, <laughs> we've been around too long. You know, yeah. too many crazy things yeah. have happened. Right. You just but my man, Austin Massey, on the inside of the Red Raiders, through some reliable sources, uh, pretty much said, look, I, not guaranteed, but I'd be very, very shocked if he went NBA route. Yeah. You know, he's gonna, he wants to come prove himself in the Big 12. Yeah. And meanwhile, you know, every year it seems like I hear – this is going to be the best recruit we ever had. This is going to be the best recruit we ever had. I'm hearing 
we might have the best recruit we ever had coming. I'm not ready to say. I mean, like, he's going to be one of the highest rated guys you've ever signed if right. he does sign with okay. Tech, which it looks like he's going to. But I've always, like, the longer things draw out and we don't hear an announcement, the more nervous I get right. about it. So you. where are we on all that? And say, talk, talk, tell everybody who we're talking about. Elijah Fisher, 6'5", yeah. uh, guard, wing guard, uh, out of Toronto, of all places. He actually visited in January. Um, he's considered one of the top recruits. Uh, he's actually expected to reclassify. He's a junior, but he's an older junior. Um, he was expected to reclassify and, yes, sign with Tech. But uh, number 20 rated player in the country. Uh, five-star recruit, yeah, be absolutely be one of the highest guys you've ever signed. Now, we've seen some guys that were highly rated come in yep. and not do it. But then we've seen a guy like Jemias Ramsey, who was Big 12 Rookie of the Year or Freshman of the Year. So, yeah, I like his game. You watch him play. It's very exciting. Am I ready to even say he would definitely start if he came in? I don't know. I would he Does he expect to start? Well, absolutely. Yeah. But – and I wonder if you have to not guarantee, but almost be like, well, yeah, we have we have those kind of minutes for you. So I, there's still, I expect it to happen. Absolutely. When when, when yeah, everybody it, asked that, I'm not. I, I thought it was today. You thought it was today? I thought well, I thought last week I thought it was going to be today. Oh well, but I, I don't know. I, I, see, I, what I said last week was I said maybe. Yeah. I'm ex, you know I'm expecting right. and then maybe. Yeah. And so since it hadn't happened, that's where I'm getting kind of like, okay, why you know why hasn't this happened yet? And. You know, like I said, my man Austin Massey has some details on that inside the Red Raiders. I, that's a little too intimate to, to, to talk about yeah. on the radio. So, uh, But there's some information on inside the Red Raiders about all that and just the process playing out. It's, it's interesting. None of this nowadays uh, is simple yeah. like recru- with recruiting. Yeah. It's just there's so many things that go into it. Even uh, Matt, who we, I'm not going to guarantee, but, right. but very much expect him to play. He could go to the NBA. Yeah. Well, with all these guys coming in, and, and hopefully most are coming in, and stay in could this team be better than last year's team yes yeah because i think they could be better offensively now will they have will they be as versatile and athletic athletic as they were last year i don't know when that team was freakish when you look at adonis arms even terrence shan when he was healthy uh, kevin mcculler kevin o'banners wasn't the most athletic guy necessarily in terms of like running and jumping and all that but very athletic in terms of his skill set and versatile. You know, be able to step out, good rebounder, all that. Uh, him coming back is huge in my mind for the team. So, yes, I, I think they'll take a step forward offensively. I don't know if they can be as good as they were defensively just because some of the size is going to be different. You're, you're going to have a 6-2 guy switching on some big guys instead of a Kevin McCullough. But obviously Mark Adams, he's been around the game like, longer than I've been alive. So, he he knows what he's looking for. He knows why he's bringing those guys in. And before before we have to go, I do want to mention one more thing, Pete, is they did host Dominique Welch, a 6'5 uh, transfer. He's a small forward out of St. Bonaventure, averaged like 12 points, uh, six rebounds. He has all the numbers, the percentages in terms of 77% from the free throw line, 41% from the field, 37% from, from deep. He can play defense, obviously. If, you're, if you want to come play from Mark Adams, you better play some defense. So... If they can get him, he just finished his OV, that would be another huge addition to this roster. And they have like two or three spots left. Wow. And, and with, with the transfer portal, isn't Tech number one? For- yeah. I, oh, oh, by the way, absolutely. <laughs> I'm really glad you brought that up. 
they're ranked number one in the country right now in terms of their transfer portal class, which is amazing. And then we, we already did football, but 2023, they're either one or two, right? They're right now, well, they've been flip-flopping with Penn State, but right now, Texas Tech's traditional, well, some people want to hear this, but their high school class uh, for 2023 is number two in the country. I mean, what is, I mean, one and two, one basketball, two football. I thought I thought you can't recruit the level, right? Which is <laughs> I, you know we've scoffed at that yeah. for years, and we had Cody Campbell on last week talking about some of the things Texas Tech yep. is doing from uh, for NIL. Uh, you look at the facilities they've been building and are continuing to build right now. I'm not just pumping Kool Aid. Yeah. I really believe that Tech is in a great position to take a big step forward. Yeah. And I mean basketball and baseball. I mean they they're there, yeah. but I mean if football can take that step forward in the next couple of years. I mean, what can people say? Yeah, you know, I mean, Tech right. will be good at all three of the major sports. Well, I know coming up, uh, we're going to hear from Joey McGuire as, when he spoke at my lunch, and he yes. even scoffed at uh, not being able to recruit the Lubbock. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of positives here. So, uh, you know, I guess we'll see some movement here in the next uh, week or so, or a couple of days, hopefully, with Elijah Fisher, and uh, that could be a, a huge get for the Red Raiders. It never is. They like that's an old cliche is recruiting never sleeps that used to kind of be the case there were some dead periods and stuff now it really is it's, it's 365 i mean in football it's actually coming up to uh a, a bunch of official visitors a bunch of a bunch of guys will be coming a bunch of juniors for the 2023 class will be coming into lubbock uh in june for official visits and that's really like closing time so uh, but Tech already has 20 commits for the class, so it'll be interesting to see how all that goes. And speaking of Joey McGuire's uh, visit to, to Peace Lunch Church, we'll have that coming up next segment. But uh, I want to mention again uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, their summer shootout. It's the 16th annual. Uh, it's taking place August 15th. Now, uh, they benefit uh, the Children's Miracle Network at, at UMC. And last year they raised uh, $52,000, which is amazing. They're hoping to raise uh, $75,000. If you want to contribute, you want to uh, take, take part in that tournament, uh, here's a number you can contact, 806-535-3800, 806-535-3800. So when we come back, we'll have that uh, audio from Joey McGuire. So come back and join us on the Red River Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Wiley Implement and Bud Light. Texas Tech football. Yeah, we're live here at Buffalo Wild Wings on 82nd and University. Come out and get you some wings. Enjoy some libations. There's tons of sports going on. You got what playoffs, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Yeah. You got the Tech baseball big series against Oklahoma tonight. Nowhere better than uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, but uh, we're talking football right now. And, you know, Pete, I've been, I don't know how many at this point. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make this one, uh, this last one with Joey McGuire. You know I wanted to be there. Yeah. Uh, but it's a really great thing, uh, the, just from my experience, the fellowship and just the things you all do. You all raise money for uh, the needy around town, yep. too, uh, for Christmas and Thanksgiving dinners and, like, coats for kids. And yeah. so, like, it's amazing what yeah. you all do. Could you just kind of break down what, what – your lunch church does and yeah i mean you know we're just trying to bring people together and you know refuel you you, you know if you go to church on sunday it's just a, a, a once a month we meet on wednesdays uh it started as lunch church for men then the women got on me uh, and then uh, now it's lunch church for everybody lunch Good. church fellowship and uh, man we would love for you to join us uh you know we've had 
I mean, you name any coach, they've been there. Uh, you know, Adams and Gerlich and Kirby Hocutt and uh, Wes Kitley. And uh, just had Joey McGuire this week. Uh, man, it was it was packed. Uh, we ran out of food, uh, a good problem to have. But, man, we would love for you to join us. Uh, you can text BLESSING to 59925. You'll get a text a week before the lunch and then the day up. So the next one is June 15th. We are in family month, and I thought, man, what family could I get? And so we got the Culvers coming, uh, nice. Hiawatha. Uh, we got uh, Regina, uh, definitely Trey, the NCAA champion. Wow. Not so sure about Jarrett. We sure hope uh, Memphis can keep winning and knock off Golden State. Uh, and then J.J.'s playing overseas. But wow. whoever can be here, they're going to be here. We're working on Zach, uh, Zach Kitley, uh, already confirmed for August. Matt Mooney is honored to come back and speak again. Uh, he's going to be out doing his basketball camp in early August. So, man, we just uh, doing good things. You all really are. And uh, I was there for Mooney's first one. That was great. Yeah. He, that, he, he did a tremendous job. Spoke yeah. from the heart. And, and, you know, sometimes it's not, oh, man, who's this guy, this baseball coach you know and that's you know just last month we had kent metter the monterey baseball coach this week he just announced his retirement after 33 years but uh man these people come and they they bless us they tell us about god in their life uh give you an uplifting message what have you but i gotta tell you about joey mcguire you know everybody came it was a huge huge crowd he walks in and uh he didn't come you know we tried to show him hey you're gonna sit up front here no he works the room. He goes around, right. shakes everybody's hands. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Just incredible. And stopped, took photos, talked talk to everybody. Uh, and then he gets up there. And, you know, maybe he's going to, I thought, maybe 10, 15 minutes. I think he spoke 30 minutes, took questions <laughs> from the crowd. Then, man, he's going to blow right out. No way. Took photos. Came, you know, he came up to my girlfriend, Lorelai. She, he didn't know she was my girlfriend. He said, man, you got a great spirit about you. And uh, I've heard that people say that about Lorelai before, so it, it, it kind of shocked me that Coach got that right off the bat. And uh, then he heard what was going on with my girlfriend, said he's going to pray for her. And uh, just, a, a, I mean, people were excited. And you're going to hear some of the things he said here today. Uh, just incredible. And the first one was uh, just he, he wanted to make sure that the crowd knows, you know, he is fired up to be the Red Raiders football coach. I know you are fired up, but I'm going to tell you a secret. You ain't as fired up as I am. <laughs> I am so glad to be here. Every time somebody says, Coach, we are so glad you're here, I promise you, times about 10, and that's how I feel about being in love with Texas and being your head coach. Thank you. Yeah, he, he was pumped up. Then he, he took questions from the crowd. And somebody asked him uh, about the NIL and, you know, is it going to stick around? Yeah, it's not going anywhere. Now, it, 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 at some point it's going to be regulated because there's going to be kids going to jail for tax evasion. That's the scary part. Like, until, like, honestly, until something like that happens, and that's scary. I mean, we, again, Dr. Hurd is the leader of our uh, name is likeness. She does a phenomenal job educating our players. Um, workshop after workshop after workshop of you know your taxes and this is what because we all know the government is going to get theirs and if you don't pay then they're at some point. I don't know when that's going to be because you know usually it takes a couple years but that's the scary part of some of these kids. But it's not going anywhere. Now I don't know when somebody's going to step in and regulate it. 
because you know the NCA just came out and said they're going to, you know, uh, do some things. I mean, it's crazy right now. So you're going to go back. You had no rules. Now you're going to put rules in place, and then you're going to punish people for not all the rules that weren't in place. But they're like it's. I don't really understand how that's all going to work. Uh, again, lawyers will get involved, and then we'll be right back to. You know, it, the scary thing right now with with uh, college athletics is we're a professional sport with no regulations. Like that, honestly, there's no regulations on what's going on. And so you hear a lot of different things that, uh, I mean, we're very competitive whenever it comes to, we have a lot of our young men and young ladies that have uh, name, image, likeness deals. And I think Texas Tech is on the cutting edge of, you know, where you can buy uh, the jerseys and the kids are getting part of that percentage and stuff like that. But it's it's a scary time right now in college football, college athletics in general. Yeah, he made some valid points there. I mean, it's it's a crazy time with this NIL. It really is, and I I don't think we really know how how layered this is going to be. You know what the repercussions, like how many things are going to come from this. To be honest. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely. I mean, the transfer portal and NIL, it's it's a new uh, landscape for sure. Hey, and then Joey McGuire talked about uh, you know his time at Baylor. You know, he uh, he was up for the the Baylor head job, but uh, you know all this stuff happens for a reason, and he talked about that. Hired by Matt Rule in 2016, fell in love with him and what he did. If I didn't go to Baylor, I wouldn't be here. In 2020, it was the hardest year of my life. I was, it was, Coach Rand and I were the final two for the Baylor job. I promise you all didn't get the second guy. Texas Tech didn't get the second guy. You're wondering that. If that went through your mind, why Baylor didn't hire me? You didn't get the second guy. But I didn't get the job. I didn't get the job. Prayed about it. State of Baylor. If I had to stay in Baylor in 2021, I wouldn't be here. And so at the end of this, I'll let you get questions about either me, my family, or this football team. I want you to remember this. Get out of your comfort zone. That's where growth happens. That's where you really have an opportunity to do something special. Get out of your comfort zone. Whatever that is. Whatever that is, to where every day you're just going through, but you feel this pull, this call, this like, this is what I should do, this is what I can do, and I can make an impact in this community, I can make an impact in people's lives, I can make an impact in the office that I work in by just getting out of my comfort zone. And I'm going to tell you, it's hard to do. It is uncomfortable, and sometimes it's not fun. But you can live life in fear, or you can live life in faith. Yeah, you're listening to Joey McGuire. He spoke at my lunch uh, church uh, back on Wednesday. And then finally, you know, he took questions. And a lot of people, you know, who's going to be the quarterback and some of those things. But somebody asked him, uh, Coach, you guys got the number two recruiting class in 2023. How is that possible? Number two in the nation in recruiting. What is your secret? Where are you from? Okay, how can you not, how are you surprised? <laughs> I love this. This is my favorite thing to say, so whenever I say that, it's just like I was waiting, I was hoping somebody would ask you a question. 
Here's what, here's the, I think we've been our worst enemy. The previous coaches. I know. And it's like, I think we've been our own worst enemy. I walked into a building and there was an old quote by, um, by a guy that I absolutely love. And it's kind of this joke of, hey, we're going to fly guys in tonight. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what? We live in one of the greatest cities in the country. Like, find nicer people. Find nicer people. Like, right? Find nicer people. And I, I'm serious about that. And then, again, we live in, I, I might be off a little bit, but we have 300,000 people. We have a place that you can get anywhere in 15 minutes. Nowhere in the country you have 300,000 people and get anywhere in 15 minutes. And then you actually, for a young person, have anything and everything that you want to do as far as entertainment, whenever it comes to for golf, whenever it comes to uh, main event, whenever. It, we also, I mean, I'm putting on this guy here, and I don't know what I mean. The selling point for us, Red Raider graduates that we have in here. Could you please raise your hand? Record. There we go. Let me tell you this. What an opportunity to come to a place and study such a wide range of degrees that you actually have. What's really cool, too, now I don't know how many of my football players do this, but the Aggies had this monopoly on the vet school, and guess what? We have a better vet school than they do. So, like, that's hard. Like, for us, the cool thing is we have 20 commits. All 20 of them have been in Lubbock, Texas. They have been on campus. They have met these guys. They've been around our, our wives. They've been around. And I just, like this is really a dream job for me. And I love, started loving Lubbock in 1989, but I've been out here so many times because I had two aunts living in La Mesa. And so it's an easy sell to me whenever you have a great opportunity to get a phenomenal education. That is a huge part for us. I think we've got the greatest thing going. And so I think it's it's easy. So love people. There's a reason you're here. Don't be surprised that we're, that we're doing this. And we're going to do it at a very high level. And we're going to continue doing it. Yeah, it was it was a great, uh, I mean, you know, the guy's so busy. I, I have to, uh, A couple of the staff came, but most guys are out recruiting still. Yeah. So I, I told Coach, man, thank you so much for, for taking the time. And, uh, man, it's just a fun time. And so uh, hopefully you can join us. Text BLESSING to 59925. Next one's June 15th. And we meet out at 8517 Urbana, which is the Lubbock Professional Firefighters Association Hall. Uh, Great, great crowd, and uh, appreciate Joey McGuire. And I found myself more fired up after that. And he's all about relationships, and uh, he, he just did a great job out there. Do you feel like there is a completely different mindset from the fans, from the coaching, from everything? It's just like there's been this curtain that's been hiding all this excitement for the potential of Red Raider sports. Well, you know, I know people are excited, but, you know, and people say, man, he's a, he's a good guy. And they said that about Kingsbury and Wells. I mean, he knows he's got to win. Now, we, we as fans, you got to be all in and support. But, you know, six and six, maybe they can get a bowl game, whatever. But, you know, it's going to take time. They're yeah. not going to be 10 and one, 10 and two the first year. And some people I know are going to, are going to jump on and, and start guzzling that haterade. And that's what happens. You know, people want instant gratification. But 
the process is in place. This guy's got a plan. He's had a little book. He's, you know, he's written his own, you know, Bible, so to speak, of football and knows what to do. He got in there to Cedar Hill when they hadn't done anything. They won state titles. So it takes time. Uh, and, and, you know, you got a guy who wants to be here and get it done. He was just inducted into the Texas High School Hall of Fame. You know, I didn't like, even bring that up. What, that's like, right. Last weekend, yeah, right? I that's mean, right. So, I forgot that. Uh, busy man, that's yeah. for sure. I, I know that uh, some of the people uh, around him in charge of keeping him kind of on task uh, struggle because he's he's so open with his with his time with people. Like yes. you said, like you talked about him, you know, talking to to all the people there before and after. And hey, I wanted to ask you before we go to break, how did this get started? Your lunch church and everything? Because you, I mean, yeah. the, the amount of people, and like you mentioned, some of the guys that wouldn't be marquee names necessarily yeah. are some of the guys that made the biggest impact on me it's really it's really anything you yeah do. i mean and and it seems like the right people come but to be honest i was sitting at kegel steaks in december of 2017 and i got some goosebumps and i mean i heard god tell me you got all these men watching you do sports bring them to me and i'm like what am i supposed to do and he told me lunch church for men so we started in january of 2018 uh there and uh you know boom 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 have had different people speak all the way along and uh i think that was number 62 this week so we we did we did all men and then we we added women then i was doing two a month and then covid hit and the people are like well you're gonna have to shut down i'm like no way man we just did it online and then uh, we opened back up we had krista gerlich out in october of, of 20 maybe it was or 21 i they all run together but man every time it's a blessing the right people are there uh everybody says the food's great uh, we got a catered meal and uh you know it's it's good it's and it's and, and you feel good leaving so come join us man come fellowship with us uh it's a blessing so like the blues brothers you're on a mission from god well <laughs> man hey man I, you know, I i get up every day i said man use me so uh you know every once in a while he looks down the bench and uh, throws a little pete in there and i try to score some points for him so you mentioned some of the things about mcguire but what was your main takeaway from from him talking Oh, you know, he. T the main thing was all these guys are getting close. And when you come together as a team and are a cohesive unit, and he said everybody's moving in the right direction, all the coaches, all the players. And when you are, are so invested and you love your brother, uh, you know, you're going to fight for him. And these guys are, are starting to be really tight-knit. And, you know, we've had teams in the past that weren't as close. Yeah. And he just says – it's all about relationships and it's about his relationship with players but it's about the players relationships too and all that good stuff and you know I've always preached good relationships you know this morning I called the football coach at Spring Lake Earth he's been there eight years Israel de Leon I said coach I hear you're leaving he said yeah Pete uh, it's a God thing I I'm heading to Roby and I bawled my eyes out on the phone with that guy and that's a guy when I first interviewed him he said, man, I don't like talking to the media. And over, to, over <laughs> these last eight years, I broke him down. He, he wants to interview with me. And he said, man, you won me over. And so I was, I was sad he's leaving the day. But, you know, it's, it's all about relationships. And you know what? I'm, I'm heading out of town this weekend. We're going to Melissa. Uh, and the, the former Leveland baseball coach, Brent Paris, is there. I text him. Uh, he told me, come by and see me. And then we're staying in Anna with Lorelai's brother. Well, Coronado's former football coach, Seth Parr, is there. We're oh, wow. going to hook up. So oh, wow. it's all about relationships. And when I called these guys, hey, Pete, so I'm in their phone just like they're, I'm in, they're in my phone. That's really neat. Yeah. It, it really is. I mean, it is. Uh, I mean, most of the jobs or breaks or whatever you're going to get, 
is going to come from those relationships too. It's not just in the you, and meaningful you reciprocate to not helping small them. talk stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to mention. You know, we we had the Lubbock uh, Matadors on earlier. Their game Saturday night, seven thirty in Fort Worth. Uh, fans are like, w w how can I watch it? Buffalo Wild Wings is going to have it. So come on out to any of the locations and keep an eye on this football team, the Lubbock Matadors, 7.30, taking on Fort Worth. And we have the rundown coming up uh, after the break. But speaking of Buffalo Wild Wings, we're live at the location at 82nd and University. You're listening to the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. On Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Meineke and Michelob Ultra. It's the Rundown. Four bases, four questions. Better not get caught. It's the Rundown. Pete, what place will the Red Raiders finish in men's and women's track this weekend? Oh, man. Um, I mean, you're at home. So, uh, man, I, I would love to see. And both are, are, are highly ranked in, in, in the nation, too. So I'll go... Uh, I'll go number two for the women, and I, I'll go number one for the men. Wow, very strong. Jarrett, Mavs MVP, and you can't pick Luca if, well, if there was a second MVP. To, I'm tempted to go with Dorian Finney-Smith because, I mean, what, well, he had that six three-point game uh -huh. the other day, and he's a great defender. But i got to go with Jalen Brunson. I mean, he's been huge in the playoffs. He's going to, as they've said many times, he's going to get paid a lot of money. He's an unrestricted free agent. He was actually drafted in the same draft as Luka. So they got Luka and Jalen Brunson, one of the better college basketball players in the last two decades uh, there for Villanova. So that was an amazing draft, and uh, it's a big reason why they're still alive. Sean, the question for you is uh, Marcus Santos Silva just went up to Cleveland. He's trying to make the Browns uh, as a tight end. I saw he got number 87 on his jersey. Will he make the Browns? Uh, what do you think? And you're a big Browns fan, so this I isn't am, like just throwing it out to you. I am a big Browns fan. I don't think he'll make the team. you got David Njoku and other great tight ends on the Browns. I think he makes a practice squad. And there's a potential for him to uh, stick around for a while. Making the team is going to be really tough. So Yeah, but, you know, that still gets you a paycheck. You get to work out. They get to see him. That'd be huge. I mean, as long as he can stick around with the team, that's a plus for him, especially a guy who's played basketball. Finally for everybody, how many games will the Red Raiders take from Oklahoma State? Zero, one, two, three. Pete? Oh. Uh, I'm going to go two or three. Two or three. Yeah, I was asked this question on Inside the Red Raiders earlier this week, and I, I'm going to be optimistic and say two. It's going to be tough, but uh, they, they have to take two. I'm going to say two also. And that, my friends, is your rundown. Well, it's been a great show. Uh, I want to thank a lot of people. Uh, first off, Buffalo Wild Wings for being great hosts here at 82nd and University. Uh, you know, man, right now is a great time. It's always a great time, but right now specifically is a great time to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, one of the three locations in town. you got NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Uh, you got the big uh, series, three-game series this weekend against Oklahoma State for the Red Raiders. I mean, that could really decide the Big 12 there. So get out to one of the locations. Lubbock Matadors. Lubbock Matadors. And that's on the road game. So, I mean, here, here you can come, and they'll have it up on the big screen. You can watch the Matadors uh, on the road Saturday night at TCU, taking on Fort Worth, 730. And speaking of, I want to thank Dustin McCorkle and Paul Gilbert from the Lubbock Matadors for joining us. They are great. Uh, Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout was here for a couple of segments. Great stuff uh, from, from him and that side. Red Raider Dugout does a great job of covering Texas Tech baseball. Uh, and then Pete and Joey McGuire. I mean, Joey McGuire, that, that was, 
I mean, anytime you get a chance to hear McGuire speak, it's one of the one of Absolutely. the better listens you're going to have. Inspiring. So, great show. Really want to thank Red River Outfitter, of course. Thank you all for listening to the Red River Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock.